0: The Deep Dive with Nick Babel. Welcome to The Deep Dive with Nick Babel. I'm your host, Nick Babel. Today I'm going to be dipping my toe into one of the most popular podcast genres going, true crime. This is a murder case that is near to me um, as I as I've really heard about it my whole life. It took place on the street I grew up in, uh, in a very small town. Uh, and it was it happened a year, just about like a year and a couple months before I was born. Um, so my family has some interesting ties um, into this case also. So it's kind of like a, you know, like I said, it's something that I heard about, you know, even if, as I was a little kid. So, um, my dad's mother, my or my dad actually went to school with the the murderer, in this case. Um, my dad's mother, my, my grandmother, liked this guy so much that she testified as a character witness for him at his trial. Now, now I had um, hoped to possibly interview, you know, somebody involved with this case in some way um, to go along with the episode, but it is really hard to find people that wanna talk about or, or even remember a murder that took place almost 40 years, 40 years ago. So I figure an interesting way to really start talk talking about this is to hear it how I had always heard it growing up. As an adult now that knows a lot more about a lot of different things, or at least some things, I realized that the narrative that I had heard about you know, about this murder is a pretty fucked up narrative. Um, The murderer, and I can say murderer because, spoiler, he was convicted and served his time um, and has since passed away. Um, His name was Larry Mad Dog Martin. And yes, that is really his nickname, And, yes, that is a very ironic nickname uh, for somebody that murdered somebody. And it's kind of terrifying. But, supposedly, the nickname was one of those um, that people give to people where it's, like, the opposite of the type of person they are. You know, like calling a really fat guy Slim or, you know, a really small guy or, you know, a really short guy Big Mike you know, something like that. Um, so Larry Martin was somewhere between six foot two and six foot four, depending on the news articles about him. He was a very tall guy. Uh, he was described by many as being a giant teddy bear. Uh, he had a calm introspective demeanor and he was described as being quiet. Uh, The nickname Mad Dog was given to him when he was on the high school football team. I guess there was a TV show or a movie back then, and one of the characters' name on the TV show or the movie was Larry Martin, and they called the character Mad Dog. So it kind of stuck on him, so they called him Mad Dog. Supposedly, it didn't have anything to do with how he was, but then he did end up murdering somebody. So, I don't know. So, um, Larry graduated high school and began working on local farms. He enjoyed hard work and the farm life. When he was 24 years old, uh, he had met an older woman, Bonnie Mae Austin, And they were married fairly quickly from everything that I read. Bonnie was 30 years old at the time and had two children from a previous relationship, uh, from previous relationships, possible marriages, that's unclear. Um, We will talk about the victim, uh, Bonnie, way more extensively later, though. So this is the murder... This is how the murder was always told to me uh, by my parents and just other people around town that remembered it or you know knew stuff about it. Um, okay, so supposedly Bonnie was an abusive drunk who would sleep around on him constantly. They lived in an apartment above a bar that Bonnie worked at on the street. Like I said, the street I grew up on. Uh, The day she was murdered, she came home drunk and was bragging to him that she had just slept with some other men that she had met at another bar. They argued and he pulled out a pistol and shot her in the head. Now... The narrative, as as I and other friends of mine had heard growing up, was that he was such a good guy, and he just couldn't take the abuse anymore, so he snapped. Um, well, the judge or the jury, and I, this might not even have gone to trial from now that I'm thinking about it, he pled to, I guess, the prosecutor. And stuff, and I guess it would be a judge must have somewhat agreed that he was a good guy because he was convicted of first-degree manslaughter, and he served only five to eight years in prison for it, which we'll get to later. But that's insane for a murder. Um, now with that over i'm amanda i'm melissa and we're dark and twisties a crime and creepy podcast hosted by two best friends who uncover some of life's twisted moments bringing you a dark dose of serotonin sprinkled with a little humor we run you through the facts all while dropping our unprofessional opinion you can find us by searching dark and twisties on youtube and anywhere podcasts are available check us out at www.darkandtwisties.com Follow us on Instagram at Dark and Twisties Podcast and join us as we go a little dark and twisty. That was the narrative that I'd heard, and that was the broad story. Um, so I can get into the details of the case. I researched it. It turns out there's a lot more going on than I had been told putting together circumstances um, and evidence, it's hard to believe that this guy did such a little time and also hard to believe how little the victim's life was valued you know, by the justice system or even the community, really. So let's start over. This time with research and facts and without biases of friendships. Um, so Bonnie Austin and Larry Martin were married on Halloween in 1981. Bonnie Mae Martin was a blonde bartender at the Mill Race Bar on Hugo Street in Groton, New York. The couple lived in their apartment above the bar with Bonnie's two young sons, Jerry and Walter. Their ages are listed as either nine and seven or eight and seven, depending on the article that I read. So let's talk about Bonnie. She was 30 years old. Like I said, blonde, seemingly very attractive. She was known to rollerblade around town listening to music. She had two boys with two different men um, and may have been married at least once before, but I could not find any you know, concrete specifics on that. As I stated earlier, she was a bartender, but she had aspirations of owning her own bar. According to reports, she was very close to making this a reality. This seems to be part of a possible motive for her murder. Bonnie's younger son, Walter, had been hit by a car and injured, um, so she had received a settlement of $40,000. Bonnie planned on using that money to buy a bar in the neighboring town of Moravia, New York. According to friends and coworkers, she was even in the process of picking out furniture and talking about how she wanted the bar to look. However, her husband, Larry, did not approve of this and had other plans for that money. He wanted to buy a farm in the area and work on the farm while she raised the children. According to friends, she laughed at this and dismissed any idea of buying a farm. The day she was murdered, which I will go over more later, she had gone out with a female friend and she told the friend that that day that she was planning on um, wasn't super clear, but either meeting with the seller of the bar in Moravia or making an offer soon within the next week or two. Uh, One thing that friends and non-friends both agreed on from everything that I read was that Bonnie loved to drink. Uh, The day she was murdered, she had been drinking while she was out with her friend, and according to Larry, they both drank and argued before the shooting. Um, So hopefully this isn't burying the lead, but there was another big thing about Bonnie and Larry's marriage and Bonnie's condition. Bonnie was two months pregnant when she was murdered. There's a lot to digest with that. For one, he not only murdered his wife, but he murdered his unborn child. Secondly, was this part of his motive? The the statistics still in 2022 show that the leading cause of death for a pregnant woman is murder. That's now. 1982 seems like it would probably be even worse um this also brings up another interesting point it seems from all accounts that i've read and from hearing it from people that they both knew um that they both knew that she was pregnant uh given that fact it is kind of odd that everyone agrees she was drinking heavily at the time um especially on that day now while her husband, you know, the murder is an unreliable narrator um, for her drinking that day because, you know, he was the one with her when he killed her. Um, but her friend, who she'd gone out with earlier, said they'd been drinking. So I'm not victim shaming at all in. 1982, I guess, drinking while pregnant was not as much of a taboo um, as it is now. So, let's now talk about the day of the murder. Uh, According to Larry, he woke up early and went to his job at a local farm. His wife, Bonnie, stated that she would be working that day at the bar, um, and would be there when he got home. Sometime early in the day, after Larry left, Bonnie left the bar with a female friend, and they went out of town. They went bowling, they played pool with some guys they met, there was drinking involved. Whether this went any further than you know, bowling and playing pool with some guys. That is pure conjecture. Um, But some people believe that she was cheating with one of the men that morning. Who knows? As I said earlier, there was, you know, that was one of the possible motives. So Larry, for whatever reason, decides to come home early from work. The classic husband showing up early. He arrives to find that his wife's left for the day, left the bar. She did not say where she'd be going. Larry says he's furious. He sits down at the bar and he drinks all day. Now, when Bonnie finally returns home, there's an argument. They take it up to their apartment, which is above the bar. Uh, At this point, any of the events that take place come directly from Larry, you know, after he was arrested. So who knows if it's true or not. But they both continue drinking up in the apartment and arguing. He says she starts yelling at him and hitting him. And he gets up. Gets his thirty-two caliber pistol. Uh, And then this is a quote from him, I believe, on the day of the murder. He says, I think I shot her once in the head, but they say there was two shots. I was just trying to scare her, and I must have hit her. Uh, So she was, in fact, shot twice in the head. In all likelihood, she was dead immediately. Um, So now for another awful fact that did not seem to be, you know, taken into consideration by the judge or the attorneys, Bonnie's two young sons were dropped off home after spending the night at a friend's house. They were the ones that discovered their mother's body that is super fucked up side note i did try to look up both of them you know to see what was going on you know you know just out of curiosity um but there's almost no current information on either of them either they have changed their names passed away they have no online presence at all I really did look for him. Um, So, not sure. I mean, I guess if that happens to you, who knows how your life's going to go after that. So, after the shooting, Larry panics, gets into his car, and starts driving south. He goes from his home down to Pennsylvania, taking 81 south. He drives for a couple of hours, but then You know, he kind of realizes what he did and he starts to feel guilty. He turns around and comes back to the area. He says he tries to stop at his sister's house, but she's not home. Then he turns himself into the police. Now, while he was out on bail, um, and yes, you could get bail for manslaughter and murder back then, I guess. He got into a bad motorcycle accident. After this accident, he conveniently forgets what happened on the day of the murder. This is actually something his attorney uses in court. Now, he must have made at least that one statement to the press the day he was arrested. But supposedly after this motorcycle accident, he doesn't remember. So, convenient. He eventually pleads guilty to first degree manslaughter. Larry is sentenced to five to 15 years in prison. I read and heard two different stories about the amount of time he serves, but it was as little as the minimum five years and at most eight years. Um, My dad said that when he got out, he moved down south I believe, to Georgia or Texas. I'm not totally sure. And he died fairly young, um, maybe in his late 40s, early 50s. So that's, that's as much as I know about really what became of him. So now I'm going to talk about the rumors and innuendo that followed this case. None of these things are remotely confirmed. Some are probably half-truths. Most of it's probably bullshit. Um, This is the stuff, though, uh, a lot of it anyways, that I had heard as a kid about this woman and about the murder. And, you know, I even asked some people recently and heard a couple of these, you know, Theories and and different things. So, first, she was supposedly abusive to him, both physically and mentally. She was a mean drunk, um, that often would hit him and humiliate him. She had been having multiple affairs, and the day she was murdered, she was she told him she had slept around on him that morning when she left. The bar. <clears throat> Another rumor was that her panties were pulled down, and rape was involved. I could not find this anywhere where it was written up, um, and he was not charged with any rape or anything like that. But people that had heard this rumor, some think that you know he he was so drunk. Um, That he thought he had killed her, but it was one of the men that she had slept with, hence the the rape rumor or something like that. It seems pretty far-fetched and just people saying shit, you know. Um, On the other end of the spectrum, uh, there was another rumor that he was involved with her shooting. He had hired a friend to do it. Um, my dad said this supposed friend, he didn't want to tell me the name, obviously, but he said his also since died. Um, and the friend and shot her because Larry couldn't do it. Again, this is like one of those really half-assed theories, rumors. I don't think anything of it, really. So to wrap this up, I just want to talk about how interesting it is perspective-wise. Anyone I ever heard talk about this case, you know, including my own family, made it out that this woman was evil, mean, drunk, and people kind of insinuated that she kind of deserved it. Growing up and learning more about the world, I realized that even if she was some of these things, he could have ended their relationship in other ways. You know, if you had no personal relationships with either the the victim or the killer, there was a lot of different motives here that he had to kill her. The unwanted pregnancy fighting over settlement money, her not wanting to be a housewife, um, you know, and wanting to buy her own bar, marital infidelity, you know, so on and so on. So my final thoughts about, you know, my final thoughts are about the the craziness of the sentence uh, that he got for this, you know, He served somewhere between five and eight years, like I said, and that's a fact. Um, That is wild to me. You can get more years for drug-related offenses. Uh, He murdered his pregnant wife, then left her for her two young children to find. I would like to say this is out of the ordinary. the the sentence but in the U.S. the justice system is set up so half assed and stupid sometimes that you know it's not really that strange but it is fucked up so hopefully Bonnie's children grew up with some semblance of normalcy and happiness it's hard to believe that they did though that that's all I really have for you today on this. I thought it was, you know, this is a story I've known, like I said, for my whole life. Um, and you know, I, I, like I said, I'd only heard the little premise of it, but now looking into it, it definitely had a lot more layers than I thought it did. Um, So, as always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the podcast, and, you know, please do all the the things that help out, Uh, rate, review, like, or subscribe, you know, it helps the show a lot, all that good stuff, takes you two seconds, Uh, thanks again.